With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Jake Martin, an agitated Jake Martin on this uh, Thursday morning. What up, Jake? No, I'm, I'm never agitated. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Uh, Jake was all excited, did uh, his homework, did his uh, research. We had uh, the top ten uh, Thursday plan for today. Top ten high school teams, no matter the sport, we're going to rank them. No, that's not – okay, yeah. I I had uh, – I narrowed it down to four. The the big four sports because he doesn't like Olympic sports. That's not true because if we did every single championship team, there weren't that many of them this year. We would need a top twenty. That's giving Northeast Louisiana high school athletics a lot of respect. You're expanding because when we talk about that, we usually focus on the core four, Mm -hmm. the the most popular four. You newspaper guys do. I, I venture outside, and I try to give uh, love and respect to all the athletes from all the sports in North. Okay, so you realize how many championships this area won, then? Yeah, it's probably about 13, 14. It's more than that. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, he had his list compiled, and then I, I do get a little, uh, lose a little bit of my memory as I get older. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, what about this squad that won a title? What about that one that won a championship? He goes, By oh. the way, I checked with him before <laughs> this. I said – because I don't cover this widespread area like he does. I said, I got all these for champions. Is that is that right? Did I leave anybody off? No, it looks good, man. It looks good. <laughs> so 10 minutes ago, <laughs> so we made some tweaks. We're good. All right. So you're happy. You're happy with I wouldn't list. say happy. I'm Plus, content. you probably didn't get your normal 9, 10 hours of sleep because of that storm that rumbled through last night. Yeah, you know how I get my 10 hours of sleep every night. Yeah. That was rough last night. It was rough. I thought I was dreaming. It was storming. I walked outside. And, and you stopped. said you're, you're a light sleeper. So Yeah. We got important things to talk about on the uh, Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line, 888-993-7762. You can weigh in over the course of the next uh, two hours. Let's lead off with the NBA playoffs, and we do have a series in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, te- what, what, what? You say you, you don't? Technically, we do. It's a tied series. It's one-to-one. But, okay, all right, well, let's start there. The, the Rockets won last night, in yeah. case you didn't know. Impressive win. A, a big, lopsided win. They did not change their approach, and this time Yes, they did. Well, no. they had enough isolations, though, but it wasn't just all hard. They did ball. change their approach. Uh, they were cutting and driving, and they had even had a little up-tempo with CP3. <clears throat> but my thing was, Aaron, coming out of this game, do you really think this is a series now? Like, do you think – does this change your opinion of the series well, at all? let's wait and see what happens in Golden State. Okay, As well, I could say that about anything. Well, I know, but let's we just know how dominant happens. the Warriors are on their own home court. Let me tell you why this doesn't change anything. This was the one game they'll win. 
everything went in their favor. Steph played horrible. Steph was off. Steph and Clay combined for 24 points. Mm-hmm. How often can you say that? KD was a bit lethargic early, though he did pick it up and was still brilliant. Then you you, you look at the other side. P.J. Tucker scored 22 points. Who? P.J. Tucker. Yeah. Yeah, the guy that you, you scouted for and assumed he would score 22 points. Okay, he, he scores that many points, and then Eric Gordon goes off as well. Yeah, so you're not thinking Eric Gordon's going to score 27 points, including six three-pointers, or perhaps that'll be in the favor of Golden State, the fact that Gordon scored 27 points in this game. That's what I'm saying, and the fact that Tucker scored 22. So this was a perfect storm. They Rockets played really well. They did change up their style. you got to give them credit for that. Well, you say this, but I'm looking at the statistic here, and we used this before, the number of isolation plays. And according to Second Spectrum, I know it's a a website and a research firm you use often, Jake Martin, they said the Rockets actually finished with more isolation plays on Wednesday, 46, than they did on Monday, 45. And we told you the stat that uh, those 45 isolation plays on Monday – were the more than any team in any game over the past 45 years. So what do they do? They come out on Wednesday, and they run even one more isolation play. There was there was the same isolation, but I'm saying they were actually cutting to the basket, and they were actually playing with some tempo. Like, I saw a and couple of times. It wasn't all about Harden being the No, and I saw a couple of times where – you know, the Warriors would would make a, a shot, and like the Pelicans did in the series previous, the Rockets were right down the, the floor really quick and trying to get an easy basket off of that. I saw that a couple of times last night. So the Rockets, I guess you could say they stayed true to what, they, what they've done all season, but they've also added to that. They, they weren't just one-dimensional – ISO, they were actually cutting to the basket, and they were spreading the ball around. The passes that you kept seeing around the perimeter, I was going, okay, all right, we didn't see this in game one. That said, it was a perfect storm. When you had P.J. Tucker knocking down shots like that, and you have um, Eric Gordon doing it as well, and you have Clay and Steph combined for 24 points, give me a break. This is a, this is going to be 4-1. to one. Ariza, Gordon, Tucker combined for 68 points on 70% shooting. If you compare that to what they did, those three on Monday when they uh, had 24 combined points and only shot 38% from the field. So there's your argument. There's the ammunition for you, Jake. Well, let me let me uh, give myself an out here, though. <laughs> Steph has to get back to himself. He, You know, first two games, they got away with it in game one. But he's not looking like the old stuff. You can tell his his injuries are still bothering him. Even just the way he shoots, he's not getting off the ground, you know, like he usually does. So if he and he's got plenty of time now, you know, he's got several days to recuperate as they go back to Golden State. Um, but if he's if he's the same player that he was in Game Two, then yeah, I might change my mind and say this is a series. But I'm expecting him to to be back to normal this weekend. Steve Kerr's uh, quote after the game, we got what we deserve. They kicked our butts. No other way to say it. Yeah, I mean, they did. So, anyway, I don't think it's, you know, I'm not sitting here going, oh, boy, we got a series. I Wait to see what happens in Golden State. All right, when is game three? Do you know? I think it's Sunday. Right. It's either Sunday or Monday. I believe you it's think Sunday. It was Sunday. They've got to capitalize. They want to 
everybody would be watching, correct? Yeah, um, I'm trying to pull it up. They see it, yeah, because the the Cleveland Cavaliers play Saturday, Mm -hmm. so they will play Sunday. There you go. Series tied at one apiece. Uh, Jake's still not buying it. Hopefully we still have a more attractive series than what we thought before. Other headlines from the NBA. They did name the finalists for the MVP, and uh, thankfully Anthony Davis listed among the three finalists, including Harden and LeBron. I love this. I love that Anthony Davis is getting some love, some some much-deserved love because he was fantastic for the, for the Pelicans down the stretch. Thought he had some really spectacular games against the Warriors as well. So good for Anthony Davis. Good for him getting re- being recognized as one of the best players in the NBA. Someone to try to make a story out of this. I don't know. Maybe there's something to it, or maybe it's just his representatives uh, trying to play the game a little bit. DeMarcus Cousins unfollows the Pels on Instagram. <laughs> there I, may be something to it. I don't know. I, it seems a little petty to me. It's so petty, and it's one of those things where I feel dumb reporting it. Like, I feel dumb talking about it. Like, I understand you have to because yeah. why did he do it? Yeah. Put the guy unfollowed someone on social media. Like, so what? Hmm. You know what I mean? And this is just the, the where we have so much information uh, accessible to us where we try to decipher every little thing. And this is one of those things where we're like, okay, why did he unfollow him? Does that mean he's not coming back to the Pels? Who knows? It's just one of those hey, – I'm kind of annoyed talking about it, if you can't tell. Uh, speaking of the NBA, we continue to follow the case with uh, Mitchell Robinson. The name doesn't sound familiar. He's the kid from Chalmette High School, of course, an incredible – uh, nearly seven feet tall. Everybody thought, well, he's got this bright future. He goes to Western Kentucky, does not end up there. He basically leaves Western Kentucky and says he's going to get ready for the NBA. So you're curious to see how this plays out. Now it's announced that he will no longer attend the NBA combine activities, including team interviews, and then uh, later with workouts. It sounds like he's getting some incredibly horrible advice once again. So, remind, remind me, he didn't play last year, He did right? not play. Yeah, he did not play. So He hasn't played a game uh, since high school. In this, and I guess they made it all the way. I think it was the semifinals or championship game. I know as a junior, no, as a senior, I watched him play, and they lost in the semis. Yeah, so where's he kept the trying to. He kept trying to, you know, he's seven feet tall, and he's literally 23 feet away from the bucket. It bothered me. <laughs> well, um, yeah, this is – Awful advice. Um, why would anybody take a chance on you if they have no footage of you? Well, they say he's just an incredible athlete, and, of course, he's one of the most intriguing prospects going into this year's draft. At Chalmette, he averaged uh, 21 points and 14 rebounds per game and nine blocks. Man, they're going to love those was, high school stats. Yes. <laughs> I remember in that semifinal game, he was squaring off against a real wide body. Uh, literally, it looked like a nose tackle kind of like a Dalvin Hutchinson type player. <laughs> so that maybe that's why uh, Mitchell Robinson stayed 23 feet away from the bucket in that game. Mm. So we'll see how it plays out with him. But another case, though, where it looked like his career was going along so nicely and then it can uh, unravel very quickly. Absolutely. Other headlines on this Thursday morning, Jake. Mike Slive passed away. We need to mention that. Uh, former SEC commissioner. And Mike Slive... Um, under his watch, the SEC absolutely exploded. That's when it became the powerhouse and one of the most hated conferences uh, ever. 
but under you know under him, he, he was from 2002 to I believe 17. Um, you had the SEC expand. You know, some can, can I guess could knock that and say, what has Texas A&M and Missouri really brought to the conference? Um, but you also had uh, the SEC network because the SEC just became more and more popular. You also had the seven straight football championships. So, I mean, the SEC was very prosperous under Mike Slice. I enjoyed uh, yesterday just kind of reading some of the, the tweets and coaches from across uh, the SEC, current and former, just weighing in on what he meant to the conference. Obviously, the Mad Hatter, Les Miles, weighed in. He said they had some major disagreements, and he would go to him yearly about why is LSU forced to play Florida year in and year out, mm-hmm. while others, of course, Alabama, do not have to play the likes of Florida year in and year out. And he continued to make the the case to less that, you know, this is what's good for the SEC. You need to basically take one for the team. And Miles said he, he made a very strong argument, and he always came across and made very strong cases for the SEC. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was a fantastic commissioner, and uh, I know a lot of people will be missing him today. Uh, other headlines today, the fallout continues for the LHSA, and, of course, the pitch count involving – Two state championship games, uh, most notably Claiborne Christian, of course, in Division Five, and Notre Dame in Division Three. So now uh, Eddie Bonine has already said in a public release that it was an honest human error on the part of both of those. Now, of course, things are being done, so this does not happen in the future. But he did have a quote here to the advocate, and I wanted to read it. When something like this happens, you own it, and we're doing that. Our rule says that when more than one person is keeping track of the pitch count, you shall go with the person who is designated as the official pitch counter, which in this case was the person we had. Uh, The one quote, and I'm trying to find it now. uh, He just talks, oh, here it is. Uh, There are people out there calling us dishonest and corrupt organization because of this, and I take offense to that. We will change the procedures for next year to make sure things like this don't happen again. Bonine noted that there are approximately 9,000 regular season baseball games, and there were just four pitch count violations that were reported by schools, and two of those violations were self-reported. Yeah, so we don't care about the regular season ones. (laughs) We care about the ones where you actually have a person there who's supposed to be keeping track of the pitch count. It is amazing how this thing can just blew up in their face. It did. I mean, it should never happen. And you can't fault, you know, Bonine for it. You just got to, in this case, you just got to have better people counting the pitches. I like what they're doing to kind of change it up, though. Uh, He says uh, in 2019, representatives counting pitches for each school will be required to sit with the LHSA's designated pitch counter. At the LHSA tournament, the group will review pitches after each inning. Bonine says the LSU will ask the Sulphur Parks and Rec Department about installing scoreboards that track pitch counts and then will require the public address announcer to announce the pitch totals after each inning. The thing about requiring that on the scoreboards, that may be a little bit of a stretch. But, I I mean, I don't see any problem with the public address announcer announcing it after every inning. Yeah, that's good. And, and, you know, having two representatives, you know, beside the LHSA uh, counter, that should work. I mean, if, if all three, you know, are, are It'll be a crowded track, table now. It'll right? be a crowded table. It should be literally a job of one person. It should be, but it failed. <laughs> As they say, human error. Uh, I don't know how you can, you know, mess that up if you're paying attention, but uh, it was. Hmm. 
888-993-7762. Those are a few of the headlines on this Thursday morning. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Painters. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. It is Top 10 Thursday. Today's subject is Jake. The best high school teams in the area this past season. Richie agrees with you, says a local state championship swim team doesn't scream top ten. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's, I agree, Ooh, Richie. Richie. Ooh. No disrespect to no Rustin Swim team. Rustin's got a good swim team. Does, does people want to hear you and I break down swimming? You or know, I was a lifeguard at one point. <laughs> You could break I it down qualified for, for the AAU Texas High School State okay, Championship. Okay, I didn't ask if you could. You didn't I want my credentials? I asked if people wanted to actually hear us break it down. That's a different story. That, that is true. But there's a lot of things people don't want to hear us discuss, too. And we Probably. do it anyway. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, so that's coming up. Also, uh, you'll hear from uh, Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, at 8 o'clock. George Faust will join us from down in Lafayette. We'll talk a little Cajuns. I crunched the numbers, went through all the schedules throughout the years. I did not realize the streak for ULLL over ULM is at 22 games. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that, that goes back to what, 2012? 2012. Uh, I think the Warhawks actually swept them to end of the year and basically wrote uh, uh, their head coach, I forget his name. Horrible. Anyway, he, he got very upset, cleaned house, and they never lost to ULM again. Hmm. Well, uh, this is a this is a prime opportunity to break that streak. Yes. Twenty two games in a row. Anyway, George Faust, KFLY Sports Director, will join us at eight thirty. Plus, we're going to bust his chops. Things that irritate me the most in the media uh, when you're taking selfies with uh, athletes and players. Well, George did that. He's got a number of pictures. He's got one of Drew Brees from this past week. Yeah, uh, Quint says swimming is better than horse racing or regular season LSU basketball. <laughs> uh, By the way, Rick Mocklin should join us tomorrow for our horse racing segment. Really? Yeah. Oh. But you want to talk wrestling with him. Maybe we'll get into that. that I'm into that, yeah. All right, uh, now, of course, we've got a couple clips from uh, baseball coaches as uh, we look forward to a huge weekend in college baseball. And we'll kind of go through RPIs what it means for both LSU and, of course, Louisiana Tech. We did have some baseball news yesterday. Uh, Grambling down at the SWAC tournament, they get off to a great start. They win 14-5 to versus Mississippi Valley State. They'll play again later today at 6 o'clock. So the Tigers now 24-24 and overall, the number two seed in the West Division, and they are off to a great start down in New Orleans. Yes, indeed. 888-993-7762. We're off and running this morning on the Morning Drive Sports Talk 977. I had a brain freeze that last segment. Obviously, Tony Robert's show, he's only been there for like 23 years as the head coach of the Cajuns. Got a number of texts here, 888-993-7762. Uh, Quint says, I couldn't listen much at work yesterday. Did you talk about the Lucas Glover story? Uh, we did, but there are also some new things to discuss Ooh. with this story, which uh, Aaron's itching to talk about uh, later on. Not, yeah, later on, I certainly will, but I uh, feel bad for him. He's really caught in a tough spot here between his wife and his mother. Ouch. Yeah, talk about, yeah, the, one of the worst places to be. And then, of course, uh, then there's uh, the 911 calls, and then they're going back yeah. and listening to it and basically saying, both of them are nuts. 
when you get here, come to me. I'm the male. I'll take care of it. <laughs> More on that story coming up later in the show. We look forward to a big weekend of college baseball. Let's start with the RPI. And we, I look at Warren Nolan this morning. We've talked about it at, at length about what it's going to take for Louisiana Tech to get an at-large bid. The fact that Southern Miss lost to New Orleans in a midweek game certainly did not help their cause. They started the week around 48 or so. I looked this morning, and they are down to 53. They dropped five spots. On the other hand, uh, LSU moves up four spots with their win against Northwestern State and other things that took place. So the Tigers now at uh, 46 overall. Yeah, uh, that New Orleans-Southern Miss game was was pretty big for both teams. Let's start with uh, LSU and what it's going to take for them. Uh, This weekend, they're on the road against Auburn. You look at uh, the lack of success that the Tigers have had away from the friendly confines of Alex Box Stadium. I mean, a dismal 3-13 and record, Jake Mark. Yeah, I mean, this is something we've talked about all year long, about how they have not been successful on the road. So now you've got to go take on a really good Auburn team, an Auburn team that's going to be uh, ready to go after being swept this mm-hmm. past weekend. Uh, so, yeah, you got to bring your A game and uh, – Mikel Hilliard's got to bounce back, man. He's got to have a big outing. Uh, of course, you know, they get started tonight with Zach Hess, but uh, I'm looking, you know, you got to at least win one of these games, and uh, Hilliard's, Hilliard needs to build off of last week. Uh, Luke Johnson from the Advocate crunched the numbers. The 16 road games, uh, the Tigers are hitting a measly two, 230 on the season. Just put that into perspective what they do at home. That is 89 points worse. Than at home, the pitching staff also in those 16 road games has come a ERA of 6.48. Yeah, not good compared to when they're at home. It's 3.73. Ouch. Uh, you could make the argument, and we talk about it all the time. I mean, obviously, Alex Box is one of the best places to play college baseball in the country. But shouldn't LSU book some more tougher non-conference away games to kind of get? The Tigers prepared for what they're going to face in the SEC? I mean, this usually isn't a concern for LSU. You know, I, I mean, Maneri's been at this for so long. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because of one season, are we going to sit here and second guess what Maneri's philosophies are in building a schedule? I don't really think we should. Plus, the amount of money that they make with their home games. Absolutely. All right, big uh, series for LSU. Of course, all the series getting underway tonight with uh, the conference tournament starting Next week, Louisiana Tech, glad to be back at home. Pat Patterson Park as they open up this series this weekend versus Old Dominion. You look, of course, what they need to get done, Jake, to uh, work on their resume. It's basically win this series, sweep this series. They yeah. do some damage in the conference tournament. Absolutely. And Old Dominion, you know, is is not one of the stronger teams in the conference. They're 15 and 34 on the season, actually. And so Louisiana Tech's got to be feeling good about themselves after that huge, huge series win against Southern Miss. So let's see what the Bulldogs can do this weekend. I asked Lane Burroughs earlier this week about his resume and what they need to do. Yeah, you know, uh, at, I know I'm going to use the O at the end of the day for you. You just got to win, and that's what we tell our guys. And we've done a pretty good job of that all year. Don't get caught up. And, uh, you know, right now we won a big series against a great team, and rightfully so. People are patting us on the back and telling us how good we are. And, Hey, Old Dominion's coming to town, and they, they don't care about that. And uh, you just got to take care of what's in front of you. Win. Uh, we, can't, we can't control 
the team we're playing next, what their RPI is, or who we open up with in the tournament. We have no control over that. What we have control over is go out and win Thursday night. And uh, you keep doing your work and keep making uh, your run. And uh, I told our guys the other night, hey, there's why not us? We can, we can, we can keep on winning for a long time and uh, just win the next game in front of you. And all the other stuff will take care of itself. But yeah, it gets that time of year, you start thinking about it. You know, uh, you're, you're staring at two weeks, your season could be over or you could be extended uh, and playing for a while into the summer. So, uh, you know, you just hope our guys do what they're supposed to do and that's take care of the next game. So you don't put up like a magic number, six or seven. That you gotta get Absolutely to not. I don't get into that. Uh, you know, uh, the magic number for me is one. That's the next one. I know that's, uh, <laughs> I know that's coach speaking right there, but that's true. I mean, I, I just, look, RPIs, uh, it, it is what it is, and I, I can't understand it half the time. So you could say, hey, we need to win six, we need to win five. We need, I don't know if that even matters. Uh, we just need to win the next game and play the best of our ability. Series gets underway tonight out there at J.C. Love Field. ULM, they have made their way down, of course, to Lafayette. Looking forward to this series versus the Cajuns. Plenty at stake for the Warhawks. Of course, they're fighting to try to get into Sunbelt Conference play. It has been a long time since they have been in postseason play. They can take care of business. If they win two or three versus the Cajuns, they're in for sure. There's a lot of other scenarios that could play out in terms of them getting in. But basically, they need to win one or two games down there this weekend against a program that they have had no success against. And I say no success against, dating all the way back to 2012. It is really an incredible stat, a dreadful stat, the fact that the Warhawks have lost 22 straight to the Cajuns. You look at these numbers and, and the losses to ULLL throughout the years of those, uh, what, uh, five seasons. Of those 22 losses, only five have been one-run games. There's been a number of blowouts for the Cajuns. Yeah, um, those numbers are not flattering, yeah. but you look at ULL this year, yep. and they are not the team that they have been in those recent years. And just look at their batting average. Look at their batting average. They're hitting 237 this year. Now, their pitching is is one of the better pitching staffs in the conference, but their, their batting average is one of the worst. So I think ULM's got a fighting shot. Yeah, but full disclosure, so we're bad-mouthing the Cajuns baseball program, and we said all that, and they're 30-23 and 23 overall, but if you want to go back to the RPI, they're still sitting at 55. Well, they played a really they're good only, They're only two behind Louisiana Tech. Yeah, they played a really strong schedule. That's, mm -hmm. that's what that gets you. So uh, I had a chance to talk to Coach Federico out at the field uh, a couple days ago, and I talked to him about the fact that the lack of success that the Warhawks have had against the Cajuns, and how does that come into play this year? Well, you know, it's it's unique because I haven't been a part of those, um, you know, that that kind of streak that's going on. But at the same time, this is my team now, and there's definitely a chip on our shoulder. Um, you know, to go that long without beating somebody in baseball is very, very difficult to do. That, that says a lot about where their program is. Um, and that's what I want to be able to get ourselves to be able to talk about a program. And, and when you can sustain winning like that, that's usually because you have a good program. And uh, Coach Robichaud and his staff does a great job. And uh, I'm anxious to, to play them. We, we played a three-game series with them last year when I was at Southern Miss. So I know what they're about. I know what their fans are about. And uh, I want this to be a rivalry. I want this to be something that they circle on their maps just like we do. How have programs like Southern Miss and ULL done it year in and year out? 
I think continuity of a, of a staff has been the biggest thing. You know, uh, Coach Barry and Coach Robichaux have had their assistant coaches in place for a long time. I, I think I said the same thing about Troy and, and Coastal. They've had, you know, some of those places have had assistant coaches there for 10, 12 years. Um, you know, facilities are, are, are definitely a, a major factor in the recruiting standpoint of it. And uh, those programs have, have, you know, put that money into it. But they've also won enough to be able to say, okay, we need to put some money into it. And that's, again, going back to what we're trying to do here is, we want to keep building on that thing, get to the conference tournament this year and keep building and winning ways so that we can, you know, improve facilities or improve the way we travel or all those kind of things. I think they go hand in hand. It's all about taking steps with this program. And, of course, this would certainly be one of them if they can get into the Sunbelt Conference Tournament and perhaps make a little noise. It all starts this weekend, breaking this 22-game losing streak to ULLO. Uh, this is uh, basically one year since uh, Coach Petty came on the show and, of course, <laughs> just threw some uh, bombs at the school and, of course, uh, several people in the community. Uh, maybe later in the show we'll kind of reflect on one year later how ULM baseball has changed and, of course, some of Coach Petty's major talking points and what he was asking for and perhaps how they're now coming true for ULM baseball. Yeah, I feel like that's a, that's a good good place to start. Yes. Uh, that's coming up later in the show. You can weigh in at 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, Jake has been doing some extensive research on the top 10 teams from the LHSA from Northeast Louisiana this past year. Who's number one? Well, I think that we're going to have quite a, a, a debate on who's number one. Does West Monroe's powerlifting squad deserve to be in the top 10? They have now won three consecutive state championships. The answer coming up after the break. Welcome back. Welcome to Top 10 Thursday. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, will join us at the top of the hour for his weekly visit. If you want to weigh in, certainly can do it on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line. Call Stuart today to see how the power of choice can help you save home uh, money, save money on home and auto insurance. The number there is 588-7474. All right. Go top 10 Thursday, Jake. Explain the rules on this. My rules are I had champions at the top. So even if you thought, you know, a team was better than a champion, I, I you know, I put the champions above them. If you want a championship, you're, you're automatically above everyone else. Unless? Unless what? Oh, unless, um, because we this is top 10, we had to narrow it down. So I did baseball softball basketball and uh football which we didn't have any champions in football <laughs> but uh that's what i that's what i did it wasn't exactly a banner year for uh high school athletics in northeast louisiana the number of championships that we brought back in comparison to years past no no it was not but i think when you when you start you know putting this list together you start to go you know what, it says something about this area to look at this as a down year mm -hmm. and still see all the champions that did come from this area. This would be the greatest year of all time in Sin Law history. <laughs> well, why you got to always go at Sin Law? <laughs> always. It'd be a pretty good year for Lake Charles area, too. Mm. Yeah. They're pretty salty in baseball. Yeah, uh, they usually are. All right, so let's start with some honorable mentions, some teams that uh, either didn't qualify or – um, didn't didn't crack the list. You right. go ahead. You go first. Uh, you certainly have to start. Uh, throw out there. St. Fred Golf won a state championship. 
You have the Neville Tennis Girls won a state championship. Uh, West Monroe Powerlifting. How about the fact that they uh, won back-to-back-to-back uh, 5A championships in powerlifting? So are you using the same rules no. that I'm using? Oh, so you're just blatant disrespect? Not no, no, no. It's not disrespect. You're just, you know, it's it's tough to crack this top ten. Okay. Uh, then, of course, a number of uh, softball squads that certainly deserve a, a shout-out. What Caldwell did this year, Oak Grove winning another state championship up there in softball. Uh, West Monroe football, it was a pretty good year for them. Man, but they wasn't able to crack the list for me. All right, for me, uh, along with a lot of those, I've got uh, Neville's girls basketball uh, making the state tournament and actually making the state championship game. What they did uh, was quite impressive. Uh, Richwood football, uh, they didn't win the state championship, but they made it down there, and they had to go through Sterlington, who was the hottest team in, in the state. And so they had to beat Sterlington to get there, and I think that deserves a lot of recognition. And I'm also going to go with Sterlington baseball. I know it didn't end the way that they – wanted it to but you look at what they've done over the course of the year they beat teams like OCS West Monroe West Washita and I thought they had uh, the most complete team uh, of all the teams that, that we saw all right well this is going to be fun you got a number of uh, teams that I have on my top 10 list well I'm I have champions on I'm my list. wondering how you're going to fill out your uh, top 10 uh, Washita basketball I also have not in my top ten. Certainly, Wasman too. Wasman too. Certainly deserves an honorable mention. All right, if you want to cue some music, Tabor here. Let's go. Top ten. Who do you got as a uh, your top ten team this year so in Northeast Louisiana? The rest are champions, so they're automatically ranked above. But my number ten is not a champion. It's West Monroe football. All right. So in making this list, you have to compare resumes. You have to look at all these teams. You have to look at who they beat, what they accomplished over the course of the year. Look at who West Monroe beat this year. Mm -hmm. They beat John Arrett, Booker T. Washington, who went on to win the Class 6A championship in Oklahoma with a 12-1 record. They beat Knoxville County, who went on to win the Class 4A title in Mississippi. Uh, They beat Neville, Ruston, Washita. So how can you not nominate this team? I know it ended in disappointment with a semifinal loss to Zachary. But let's give some credit to Zachary. Zachary was, a gr- was, is, and is going to be a great team. They are really putting together a, a, a winning school down there, and they've got a lot returning next year, so they are the team to beat automatically. And you could also look at that game. They lost that game 29-27. It was a heartbreaking loss. And you could say you can make excuses like, well, you know, if Slade Bolden wasn't as, as off as, as he was or, you know, if maybe you could have second-guessed some decisions. But ultimately – Got to give Zachary credit, and I think West Monroe still deserves recognition for the year they have. I certainly give them recognition for what they did, but the last time I checked, they do not hang semifinal banners out there at West Monroe. No, they do not, but we're talking about the best teams in this area, and if you look at their resume, I just told you they beat multiple state champions as well as you know uh, winning quite a few impressive games in Louisiana too. So, yeah, I, I, I have to put them on the list. At number 10, I have uh, the Neville girls basketball squad, what they did getting down there, and, of course, uh, Coach Gimbalot. The other thing that kind of weighs me is some of these games or some of these teams, we were there when the moment happened, and I just remember the the pure joy and excitement of seeing Coach Gimbalot and, of course, the Lady Tigers celebrating that big quarterfinal win and knowing that they were heading to the semifinals. That was thrilling. And then, of course, the fact they advanced all the way to the finals. This is a program that hadn't been over that hump in a long, long time. We had the stat back, I think it was in the 80s, 
the last time yeah. they made it to a championship game. I have them at number 10. Okay, at number 9, now I'm starting my champions. We're, we're champions all the way through now. So, uh, the first of my champions is Claiborne Christian, baseball team. So, you can dock here because they have a 17-12 a and 12 record, but and, and they had the, the four-game losing streak going into the playoffs. But if you look at what they did in the playoffs, if you're just counting postseason, I think they would be higher on the list because what they ended up doing is they ended up you know, winning some impressive games and then upset number one Grace Christian. So it was a heck of a postseason run, but you got to figure everything into it, and that's why I have Claiborne Christian at nine. I respect what they did, them winning their school's fifth state championship, a great run for them from a team that a lot of people didn't think that they would make it that far and, of course, end up beating Grace Christian in the state championship game. But, man, Jake, I still go back to the fact that just the, the, the number of teams that they had to win for a yeah. title with the split. That's a fair argument. And, of course, uh, Chad Olin has told us numerous times he's not a fan of the split. Yeah, he has. But you, you play with what you got, and, of course, uh, this year the Crusaders were the best winning that state championship. Exactly. At number nine, you mentioned him as your honorable mention, just the amazing run that Sterlington baseball had uh, this year and over the course of the last two years. Heck, you could go back to the course of the last four years with those three seniors and the number of wins that they had. We think it's near 104, 105 wins uh, in their careers. It falls a little short, but Sterlington baseball, the fact that the Panthers only lost four games this year, and unfortunately one of those came in the state championship or the semifinals, but a, a fantastic run by Sterlington. I have them as the ninth best team in this senior class. It's going to be tough to replace. I, I want to follow up on that because I, I called them the most complete team. I want to back that up. The reason why I said that is, okay, West Washita is probably deeper on the mound. OCS, you could argue, might have a little bit better lineup. That You could make an argument for that. But if you look at Sterlington's complete team, even including defense, they played really good defense all season long. You look at on the mound, Adam uh, Trey Rugg was 12-1 and this season with a .99 ERA. Adam Tuzz was 10-3 with a 1.82 ERA. That is impressive. And then you look at, uh, you know, Jarrett McDonald, for instance, uh, he reached he hit 480 and he reached base 106 games of his 100 of his last 109 games. That stat is uh, give credit to Mark Mitchum for that stat, the great Mark Mitchum. But what a stat that is, reaching base 106 times out of the last 109 mm. games. Some will point out, of course, the, the district schedule Sterlington had to play, but then Sims followed that up and, of course, uh, scheduled a very tough a non-district schedule to kind of get his team ready for that postseason push. Yes, my number eight, and we got I guess we need to hurry up a little bit, Oak Grove Softball. Uh, they defeated both Montgomery and LaSalle 2-1 to one in back-to-back games to win the championship. At number eight, uh, everybody remembers Wasman, what they did on the basketball court again this past year. We all, Everybody goes in thinking District 2-3, how competitive it's going to be in hoops. And what do the Wildcats do? They run right through it. They ran right through it. Yeah, they were very impressive. And they were running right through the, the, the postseason until they ran into Madison Prep, a very, yeah. very good Madison Prep. And this was supposed to be a down year for Casey Jones and the Watson Wildcats in the Hartford. Yeah, it wasn't the case. Uh, my number seven, I've got Caldwell Softball. They got hot at the right time. Uh, you could say that they might have looked up a bit playing some of the teams that upset higher seeds 
in their postseason run, but they still defeated the number two seed Pine Prairie nine to one in the finals. They had a lot of close losses to really good teams over the course of the season. Like I said, they got hot at the right time. Caldwell Parish is my number seventeen. I go back to number seven, and it was not a state championship season, but boy, what a run for the Rams football program in Richwood, and and for them to get to the state championship game. We all remember the semifinal game out there at Sterlington. Fantastic ball game. Uh, Richwood, we've been talking about this team coming together and finally getting over the top, and they certainly did this year. In fact, they were able to get to the double. Yes, and my number six, I've got Summerfield Boys Basketball. Uh, They had an incredible postseason run where they beat four opponents by 19 points or more. It was dominant, to say the least, but the only problem here is they play Class C ball, which already puts them at a disadvantage on this list. And if you start looking at the resume, they did fall to Simsboro by seven points earlier in the season. And I got Summerfield also at number six. And this is from a team I believe had lost uh, seven of their top eight players going into this year. They didn't miss a beat getting all the way, of course, winning a state championship. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, our top ten will continue. Plus, you'll hear from a special guest as he'll make a case why his team deserves to be number one. Oh, interesting. That's coming up after the break on the morning drive. Welcome back to the Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. It is Top 10 Thursday. We are ranking the best teams from Northeast Louisiana this year in the LHSA. Had a, a number of state championship squads. Can make a case for a lot of these teams being the best, of course, in this area, in the state. And one is even making a case to be the best in the nation. In the country. That's right. According to Max Preps, the Washita softball team is ranked number one in the nation. Wow. So that means it must be the number one coach in the country, and he joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. His name is Tim Whitman. He resides in Washita. What up, Tim? Good morning, guys. You guys still the number one team in the country? You going to hang a banner? Yeah, I think I think so. I don't check it very often. You know, gotta, gotta, they make me work now. They, they said softball's over, so I got to teach a little bit. So, uh so I hadn't really checked it a whole bunch. So I think the last time we looked at it, it was it was still there. If it holds up, will you get a banner? Will you put it out there? Uh, we'll probably do a little something. Uh, you know, I, I hadn't really thought about it because we've been sort of getting everything ready for our banquet for the state championship and everything else. So I, I think we'll probably end up doing some kind of banner or some some kind of recognition for it because you know, it is pretty pretty prestigious and and uh, you know it is computer ranking, so it's sort of a you know. Uh, um, not subjected to, to all the coaches voting. It's just, you know, based on the power ranking. So, you know, it's, it's something to look at. You know me, Tim. I'm always beating that softball drum. I'm trying to get uh, Jake to follow along <laughs> with me. We're making, uh, we're doing this top 10 uh, Thursday thing, ranking the best teams from this area from this past year. Uh, it's a little difficult when you're going across sports like this. Obviously, your team should be number one, correct? Well, you know, I'm, I guess I'm a little prejudiced to softball. I think, uh, we, you know, I think it's a, it's, it's probably the best sport out there, of course. And I tell y'all that probably every morning while y'all discussing things. But uh, uh, it's pretty difficult. There's some great teams in in the Monroe area. There's, uh, you know, great athletics. Uh, this this parish really supports athletics in a in a big way. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of teams to be to be looked at. But I, I think that uh, this year's team of mine was was pretty pretty solid top to bottom and played a played a great schedule. Let me go off track here just a minute. Being an avid listener, what is the one subject where you do not want us to hear us discuss in the mornings where you're like, man, why are they breaking that down? You know, yeah, y'all get in. There's, there's a few probably I can probably discuss with y'all. <laughs> How much time <laughs> you got? See there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if y'all want to go the rest of the hour, I mean, there's plenty of options for y'all. You know, y'all get into that 
MMA stuff, you know, I'm gonna make Jake mad, you know, right off the bat, you know, whatever. And then, you know, and my gosh, we 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 talk too much about basketball. I mean, I know the Pales are now in Louisiana, but we talk too much about NBA basketball. Oh, I mean, there's there's a there's a couple of different topics that we could get into, you know, from there or whatever. But uh, but it's just a long list. All right, special team for you guys. Uh, what did it mean to see this team kind of come together? And you knew you had an opportunity to be pretty unique, pretty uh, special this year. And then to, to put together the schedule that you did, is that what makes your argument more compelling to be the best team and also perhaps the best team in the country this year? Yeah, you know, uh, I think we, uh, Jake and I were talking about this yesterday, and, and I think we, we scheduled um, on purpose to get better. We didn't really schedule to, to be number one or anything like that. We scheduled to just to prepare ourselves for the playoffs and, and to get ready for our district. Our district is one of the toughest districts in the state, and we showed that by, you know, by who we had. You know, we, we faced it. You know, there's two two of our teams in the the last uh, at, at Sulphur, you know, for top eight, and so, you know, and they could have probably been, been some more if it wouldn't have just been some 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 bad draws and those kind of things. And so, um, we we prepared for that. We went to Houston this 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 year and and traveled and played some great teams in Houston area, which is some of the best softball you know in Texas, and and prepared. And then our district is just a war every game. You know, you can't you can't take a day off and. And it's tough in a, in, a, in a season to go undefeated. I know there's some teams in y'all's thing that's undefeated, those kind of things, and, they, and they, they're great teams. But uh, I think we had a great schedule, and I think, you know, going into it, I, I, if you'd told me we was going to be 30, you know, 33 and 4, I'd have told you, nah, we, we, with our schedule, we're going to be a little bit less than that. But this team came together early, you know, probably quicker than I thought, and then, uh, you know, and then they played at a high level, you know, for most of the year. Did you have a better year than the undefeated Ravel Hornets on the hardwood? Ooh. You know, that's tough, to Joe, and I don't want to – you know, they've had a great year. They beat some great teams. <laughs> you know, it is easier – you know, I did. I just think this. It is easier to shoot a free throw than it is to hit a softball. You know, so, yeah. I mean, we, we may need to discuss, you know, just some of the, 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 you know, the dynamics of that. You know, you know they can play defense and, and, and win a ball game. We have to score runs and play defense, you know, to win a ball game. So, you know, there are some – you know, there's some areas there that you know, have to. But they had a great year, boy. Hats off to them. They they beat some great teams, and and uh, you know, you you uh, you go through that undefeated. It's a it's a pretty uh, tough task, you know, whatever from that standpoint. So it's hard to tell to cross the line, uh, and you know, but it's all in fun. He's always politically correct unless he's bashing us. Well done, Tim. <laughs> hey, uh, be on the standby. Are you going to fill in this week? Uh, this not this weekend. This summer, if uh, Jake over here decides to call in a few days sick. Yeah, y'all both y'all both have a lot of vacations that, that I see y'all take a lot. So I'll, I'll be available, and you know, because as teachers, we you know we have to work you know all summer, so we're not going to really go and be you know a lot of vacations. We have to stay close and really, you know, grindstone you know just you know day to day. So I'll be available to come in there, and, and, and as long as we're not talking about certain subjects, we'll be we'll be fine. No NBA with Tim Whitney. I understand. Hey, <laughs> exactly. uh, congratulations on a fantastic season and for having the second best season in Northeast Louisiana this year. Thank you, bud. Oh, man. Thank y'all very much, guys. What a good sport. Yes. That was fun. Yeah. All right. You ready to go? We should go through. We should get all the way up to two because I think we need a whole segment to talk about one and two. I really do. (laughs) All right. Who do you got at number five? All right. At five, I've got the Delhi girls basketball team. Um, They took some lumps early with a brutal schedule, but uh, actually had a win against Neville on its resume. Um, The team got hot in district play, and they won every district contest and then went on to win – uh, every uh, postseason game by double digits. They also, you know, defeated Maryville 69-53 for the state title. So I've got Del High at five. I agree. I, I got him at, at four, but I think you could flip five, four or five with me. 
as I also uh, want to shine the spotlight on Cedar Creek softball and what they continue to do. That is a real dynasty over there. They are certainly fun to watch. And that's my number four. Uh, you know, you look at their resume. They beat St. Edmund and Sacred Heart by double digits in the playoffs and then won the semis 10-2 to before dominating Falls River 7 to nothing. Yeah, and, and they also have wins against West Walsall, Sterling, to Oak Grove on their resume. Uh, like you said, that's a, that's a dynasty over there. At number three, and I think we'll agree with this one, Simsboro. Simsboro boys basketball. Uh, you look at their resume, man. They have wins against Ruston, Neville, Summerfield. I mean, that, that's an extremely impressive resume there. And then, like Delhi, they went on to win every postseason contest by double digits, including a 78 to 41 blowout against Hicks before eventually beating uh, Zawali 67 to 50 for the state title. Mm. That's tough to beat. And of course, their number one fan, uh, John Tabor. It was a special year, Tabor. The fact that they win their first state championship since what, 75? Uh, Correct. Pretty cool year. Yes. There's your top 10 all the way down to number two. And obviously, uh, later on, we'll have the debate as who should be the best team, considered the best team in Northeast Louisiana this year. Should it be the undefeated Rabel Boys or a Washita softball squad that, of course, won a state championship? Rabel Boys from the Harvard. Yeah. I can't wait to discuss this because I, I have my opinions and you have your opinions. We're going to duke it out. You know, next year, uh, Rabel will be basically, uh, they got a lot of. Uh, across the country tournaments they're being invited to play. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they could be even better next year than they were. They are going to be salty again, yes. I can't wait. Can't wait for uh, them to to follow up on this year. Uh, And I failed to mention, and this should have been certainly an honorable mention, the season that Sterlington football had, and I mean, everybody was curious to see how they would make that jump up from uh, 2A to 3A, and boy, did they have a year. Oh, absolutely. And they just ran into an ext- uh, just a salty defense from Richmond. Well, and they had to beat <laughs> they had to beat the same team twice, which we know is difficult to do in sports. And they lost by one point, and it could have went either way. So, yeah, uh, a fantastic season nonetheless, though. That was probably one. Of, I've had a lot of bad moments this year. In, uh, high you got stuck. I, I, there, <laughs> I don't traffic. think there's a worse feeling than being. And, and it's literally nine fifty nine. And I'm stuck in traffic there in Sterlington. Yeah, panic mode. And uh, we go on at, what, 10-13, 10-14 on Friday nights and just sitting there and knowing I'm having the highlights and it's the biggest game of the year. Mm-hmm. That was not a good night. Yeah. Did, did, you made it on time, though, didn't you? Barely. Police need to watch you closer, man. Uh, no, nah, we could have just used the police out there to help the situation. <laughs> Escort you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Richwood fans had fun, too, walking by, hooting and hollering, beating on the vehicle. I'm sure they How did. about that? <laughs> Hopefully it gets on the news yeah. if I'm able to get out. 888-993-7762, the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, joins us after the break. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.